Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to uh, the next session of Lunch Hour with Renault. My name is Joel, and uh, we have with us our good friend Paul Zachary. How are you doing today, my friend? Awesome, man. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Um, we have been in a series on uh, spiritual disciplines. It's been awesome to be able to uh, have a conversation about uh, the rhythms of intimacy that we get to engage in with God. And uh, today we're going to have a great discussion that we would love uh, to get Paul's insight on. So he's joining us today. Paul is in our elder development uh, process. And uh, so it's been really cool. And uh, Paul has been part of Mosaic for like 45 years now. Um, <laughs> from the very early from days. From the very early days. Yeah, of, Paul and I Lord, uh, actually uh, very often worked out together. Um, was it at the Lord's Gym that we worked at? Where did we work out? NTC. NTC, that's yeah. right. Uh, so in the early days of Mosaic, Paul and I were working out at NTC together, and uh, he would push me, I would push him, and then we'd talk for like two hours. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it looks like you stuck with it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just this last six months. <laughs> Prior to that, the entire journey from the time we did to the last six months, I really wasn't Zero. consistent. Was <laughs> that's like a 20-year run, but right. now I'm back in the game. <laughs> what year did you start at Mosaic? I came, 2007, maybe? Yeah, I think we came in around mm -hmm. the same time. Yeah. Um, you and the other group of guys. And uh, yeah, 2007, 2008. So around 12 years. It's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's yeah. been a minute for sure. Well, we're excited to have this conversation today. Today, we're talking about the spiritual discipline of fasting. And so uh, it's going to be a fun one. Um, yeah. You know, when we think of uh, the, the disciplines of the faith, uh, man, fasting is, of all of them, I think the one that takes the most discipline um, to step into. And, you know, we've talked about the disciplines of the faith before, but just as a refresher, Renaud, um, would you just kind of remind us uh, what, what are the disciplines of the faith? How do you define spiritual disciplines? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, what, what we discover very, very simply uh, in everyday life is that any relationship, I don't care what relationship it is, it requires a certain amount of intentionality and work to be able to develop as a relationship. So the growing of intimacy between any two people that are in relationship requires work. Now, it doesn't always feel like work because a lot of the things that are the works of building intimacy in a relationship happen naturally when you're enjoying that relationship. So for example, spending time together. When you've met a new friend and you're kind of engaging, you tend to spend a lot of time together or uh, sharing uh, parts of your life that you don't just share with everyone as you become closer and closer friends, you share more. These kinds of things like sharing, talking, listening, spending time together are what we would think of as works of intimacy. Then when relationships take longer uh, periods of time in terms of the relational dynamic, you know that when conflict arises or struggle arises, you have to then work through things if you want the friendship to maintain. Or like in a marital relationship or a, a friendship that lasts decades, you, you kind of, uh, you know, you lose that, that initial wonder and you've got to actually work at doing things. So we often find in a marriage, you've got to work at date nights, work at spending time together, work at this because it's just not natural anymore. The disciplines of the faith are essentially the works we get to do to continue to develop intimacy with God. And so just like I think of any relationship with God, though God is always with me and he is always faithful to me and I can always count on him, my relationship with him has a component of either intimate or not intimate from my experience or my time with him. And the disciplines of the faith are the beautiful uh, works we've been given, things we've been given, disciplines we've been given 
that help us maintain and even expand and develop intimacy with God. That's great. Yeah, and and when we've you know we've talked about the disciplines of the faith, um, so many of them um, you know are specific to how we spend our time or where our mind is and all of those things. The discipline of fasting is a very unique discipline of the faith. It's a little different than some of the ones that we've talked about uh, thus far. So uh, the reason why we asked Paul to kind of be a part of this conversation today is over the years as we've gotten to know him um, and as we've been kind of traveling together in close close relationship, um, you know, we've been kind of dialoguing through with him just some of the the beauty and the the benefit that he has found fasting to be in his life and so that's why we asked him to join this conversation which i know was a little funny for you at first right (laughs) yeah yeah it was and i mean the irony is you don't want people to know that you're fasting right and then to be able to get a call and say hey would you mind talking about fasting like uh yeah i think so (laughs) now now just unpack that. Why is yeah. it that we don't want people to know that we're fasting? What, what it, where does that come from? Yeah, so it comes from what Jesus taught about fasting. So nowhere in Scripture is it commanded. It's just something that Jesus assumed that we would do, right? So in Matthew 6, he says, hey, do it this way, don't do it this way. So one of the ways that you don't do it is, you know, don't stand in front of everybody and say, hey, I'm fasting. Or, so it's just Because as soon as, as soon as any discipline yeah. becomes about anything other yeah. than God then it's no longer a discipline of the faith. Right. And so why would people announce that they're fasting? What would, what would the reason for that be? Well, I think just in somewhere in the insides of our soul, we crave that human applause. We want the affirmation right. of other people. And when we get that, it feels good. Right. So, and I don't think any other discipline you'll get that is by fasting. Right. Fasting will, it, it will succeed so horribly. <laughs> right, so. right. It, like defeats the purpose before right. it's begun. But yeah, I, yeah, it is interesting when Jesus talks about that. He says, you know, don't walk around with a droopy face. Yeah. You know, with sadness everywhere you go. Oh, Paul, what's wrong with you today? Well, I'm fasting. Exactly. Um, and I think part yeah. of the, you know part of the reason I think that um, Jesus also says to us that that's that's not what I want you to do, is because it, it also defeats the purpose of the idea of what fasting should be as far as an experience for us. You know, I love um, uh, in, in when you read the different authors on the spiritual disciplines, and of course, uh, Don, uh, Don Whitney, Whitley, yeah. uh, Whitney's one of our favorites and, and his book, but there are several authors over time that have stepped in, and, and one that we've spoken of in the past, Richard Foster, whose book isn't as clear and as, as um, strong as Donald Whitney's. However, um, in, the, in, the, in the categories of, uh, of, of fasting, uh, and of the disciplines of the faith, one of the things that I that I love and I, I think speaks to why Jesus said, don't walk around with the mopey face, is that he says fasting should be feasting. So in other words, we are, we, are, we, are, we are not engaged in feasting on something that typically satisfies us, food or or a form of entertainment or whatever, and in this case, really the discipline of fasting with food, so that we can feast on God and on his word. So the idea is if you're walking around just miserable because you're fasting, you're missing the point. Yeah. Like you're missing the point. Right. This should be a time, though you are physically, let's call it suffering, like you're struggling, it's actually that very thing that's causing you to go, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm getting to feast with focus on God. So I think part of why Jesus said that is like, it's not miserable, P.S. Right. It's actually awesome. Yeah. And if it's miserable to you, you're missing it. 
Yeah, so um, before we continue, and I want to hear yeah. from Paul, just yeah. talk to us about what fasting really is. But before we jump into that, I just want to say hello to a few people. we got Meg Terry with us. Hi, Meg. How are you doing? What's up? Uh, Yara's with us uh, Yara. again today. It's good to be Great with you. Great to see you, you. Sunday, Yara. Uh, we've got Stephanie, Autumn, Obi is with us. Hey, Obi. Obi. Um, we've got Suzanne. We've got Michelle, Deborah, and, uh, and yeah, so... Um, we're, we're talking about fasting today. Uh, we're continuing our conversation on spiritual disciplines, the disciplines of the faith. And uh, while Renault is eating chili, uh, it, it's okay. We're talking about fasting. I'm not, we're not necessarily fasting. fasting. I'm talking about yeah, fasting. we're just talking about it. That's okay. It's okay to talk about something you're not currently doing. So, um, so you know, let's talk about fasting though. What what is the nature of fasting? And and you know, Jesus assumed we would do it sure um clearly there are some there are some roots in judaism with fasting but but beyond that like what exactly how do you define fasting and what would you say fasting is so how i would define fasting would be a temporary renunciation of something that is in and of itself good so namely food um in order to intensify our expression of need for something greater Dang, that's a God. really great, <laughs> solid definition. So if I could like in- you've thought about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So say that again. So um, It's a temporary renunciation. Yep, of something that is good, like namely food. So I, we use food um, in order to intensify our expression of need for God and his work in our lives. For something better, greater. That is good stuff. I'm glad this it. is recorded. Yeah, I'm this is really that. good. Yeah, Renault is now going to use that from, from <laughs> what now What is your on. definition of fasting, Renault? Well, <laughs> let me tell you. I've it thought a lot about Renunciation this. of something. It's renunciation. It's okay. Something like that. Pronunciation. As are. long as it's relatively close, I'm <laughs> yeah. good. <laughs> You're South African, so you can get away with yeah, that. So, so we want to deny ourselves something that we crave. So food for me is, a, I love food. Right. So especially good food. Yeah, so, same. But if um. If I'm foregoing that because I want to hunger for God more than I want anything on my plate. There's no prayer I want answered um, that food is going to substitute for. So fasting and prayer, that's what, that's what drives my fasting. Fasting drives me to prayer. Hmm. That is awesome. Man, yeah. And I do think, you know, and Paul, it's such a good point. I do think one of the interesting things about the discipline of fasting is that it in of itself isn't actually the discipline right. that is creating the intimacy. It is the bridge, the pathway to a focus on some disciplines that do. So in my fasting, I tend to meditate more right. with more focus. In my fasting, I tend to pray. Right. In my fasting, I tend to long. In my fasting, I tend, to, I, I tend to study or think or engage or fix on Jesus more. Right. So the fasting is this discipline that provides the means by which I will focus yeah. with more intensity on the things of God through some of the other disciplines. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, you mentioned Richard Foster, you mentioned Donald Whitney. I think those two books really shaped my paradigm when it came to fasting. Right. With Richard Foster's books, he kind of incorporates the inward disciplines, the outward disciplines, and the corporate disciplines as if they're separate. Yeah. Donald Whitney's book really um, pulls together to say, you know, Bible study is the most important discipline. It will lead you to meditation. Meditation will lead you to solitude. Solitude will lead you to fasting. And fasting will lead you to prayer. So it's just how he incorporates it as one aspect of, of 
what I've always thought of the spiritual disciplines to be true. Right, right. And I love that connection point between one spiritual discipline and another. And, you know, we have a great question. Someone's asking, you know, is fasting, um, does does it always have to be food? Um, I fast over things I know I'm going to mourn. Sometimes it's TV, sometimes it's sugar. Right. Um, And thanks for that question, Brittany. And I think that's a great question. Does fasting have to be only food? No. What do you think? I don't think so. Um, If you want to fast from TV, you want to fast from social media, it doesn't matter. It's the attitude of the heart. Am I using this time to stay away from social media to say, okay, if I'm not spending this 10 minutes on Facebook right now, Is that driving me to prayer? Because that's what fasting should be doing is, whether you use food or social media, hey, I want to go on Facebook. Oh, wait, I can't go on Facebook because I'm fasting. Why am I fasting? If you're looking at your clock and saying, man, when is this going to be over? Wrong motive. If you're thinking to yourself, I'm fasting because of this, whether it's my marriage or my parenting or leadership in the church or the church as a, as a whole. Yeah. That's what it should be driving you to. That is great. And, and I, would, I would say this, because you know, that question comes up a lot. Anytime we talk about fasting, people generally kind of go, does it have to be, hold on, does it have to be food? And I, I would agree wholeheartedly with Paul. There's no biblical precedent that says it has to be food. I would always also add to that, though, this. Totally. That in the scripture, it is food because food, unlike Facebook, for example, right. if we don't have it, we die, right? If, you, if Facebook went away right now, all social media, we would feel like we're dying, but we wouldn't actually die. Right. I mean, but if this wouldn't happen, right. this, this wouldn't lunch happen. hour with Renault yeah. would die. Yeah. Right. But Nothing but else would die. Food is to us what God is to us. If we don't have it, we die. Right. And so there is, I would argue this, that if your fasting never includes food, you're missing out. Absolutely. So it doesn't always have to be food, but it should also often be food. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, because we don't want to be legalistic and say, if fasting is not exactly food and it has to be only water and you know all, yeah. the, all those rules that we tend to put around any spiritual practice that we have, right. we tend to get legalistic with it. Yep. Um, man, you know, we're missing the point again. However, there is a special, um, kind of a special dynamic with food um, that I think that fasting from it is a special reward. It is a special reward because it also produces legitimate hunger, which is another aspect of fasting. I'm hungering for something that I have access to that's good, but I'm now hungering for something greater by being hungry from this good thing. And it's it's a constant physical reminder of our need for something spiritual. So I would say in the spiritual discipline of fasting, on any given annual rhythm or monthly rhythm, weekly, whatever you choose, you should have the fasting from a version of food incorporated into your fasting in some regularity, though at other times you might fast from other things. Absolutely. And to piggyback off of that, I mean, if you fast from TV or social media, at the end of that fast, you'll, you'll say, I can stay away from TV and social media. I'm not addicted to it. When you fast from food, it produces something different because I think food masks a lot of things for a lot of people. Richard Foster says it Mm -hmm. beautifully in his book where um, more than any other discipline, fasting will reveal what controls you. Mm -hmm. So if you tend to take food off of the table and it produces a 
attitude of anger or a attitude of criticism, you'll realize I have an attitude of anger or a spirit of criticism that needs to be dealt with. Wow. So, is, so it aids in our sanctification. Absolutely. Which has been, for me at least, in these last two, three, maybe four years now, probably the single greatest benefit I've had to say, this is really coming to the surface. I need to deal with this. And, you know, been able to produce what it's been able to produce. Uh, I'm wow. going to just read this little section actually from that book because he does say it so beautifully and I think it's one of the unique things about the discipline of fasting is that it's not only a discipline of intimacy in terms of my connection with God but a way that God reveals and then reforms and redeems yeah. things in me. Before you read this yes. quote, um, this is from, the, people are asking like what books we're referring to. So the first book that we're referring to is Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life by Donald Whitney. That was the, the book that Renaud mentioned earlier. And just before which, you even get the second one, we would say that book that he just mentioned, read that one. Yeah. It is beautifully written. It is sound. Yeah. It is strong. And we'll be, we'll, we'll be offering that in our resources you know, area with our, our Blue Shirt team. Like It's, it's a book that we recommend. Um, there's another book that we've utilized a lot over the years, what Renaud is about to read from. It's Richard Foster's book, um, called The Celebration of Discipline, and uh, some really great stuff yeah. in that as well. And so. Richard Foster, amazing book. It's a little heady, so it's a little hard to access at points. There's certain things in it that are beautiful, and then it has some stuff in that you're like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know. Whereas the other book is much more just generally right across the board. I can yeah. go read it. It's great. Yeah. This one, I'm like, read it. It's great. Just there's some stuff. You yeah. know? So, but, but this, this was beautifully put. Once the primary purpose of fasting is firmly fixed in our hearts, and that is to fix on God, which he would argue, we are at liberty to understand that there is also a secondary purpose in fasting. More than any other discipline, fasting reveals the things that control us. Now, this is what I love. This is a wonderful benefit to the true disciple who longs to be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We cover up what is inside us with food and other good things, but in fasting, these things surface. If pride controls us, it will be revealed almost immediately. David writes, I humble my soul with fasting. Isn't that beautiful? Psalm 69, 10. I humble my soul with fasting. Anger, bitterness, jealousy, strife, fear. If they are within us, they will surface during fasting. At first, we will rationalize that our anger is due to our hunger. Then we will realize that we are angry because the spirit of anger is within us, right? It's funny because we have a term for that now in our culture. It's called hangry. That's right. <laughs> right? We can rejoice in this knowledge because we know that the healing is available through the power of Christ. So fasting reminds us that we are sustained by every word that proceeds from the mouth Ooh. of God. Food does not sustain us. God sustains us. Whoa. Man so, does not live on bread alone. That's no. what Jesus said when he was <coughs> yeah. fasting in the desert. So that that is one of the great benefits of fasting, and in some ways, particularly from food, food, is that it causes us to have to wrestle with the things that are within us that cause us, if we're doing it for right reasons, to go, oh, God, I see this in me. Thank you for revealing that. Let's go deal with it together. So we have a question from Meg Terry. And Meg, thank you so much for this question. It's a great question. Um, she says, at my old church in D.C., we did a Daniel fast as a community. How do you decide how and what kind of fast uh, you do? So, um, so, FYI, Meg, just put in the comments, what church in D.C. were you at? Because D.C. is my old stumping ground, and I'd be curious because I know a lot of churches out there. Yeah, cool. So, um, 
So yeah, uh, the Daniel fast. Now actually, <laughs> the, when, you, when you go read about what Daniel did, Daniel wasn't fasting. Uh, he was uh, eating differently than the rest of the, the people were eating in that kingdom as a means by which to live out his exile in a way that would honor and glorify God. So what Daniel was saying was, listen, um, this is what's normal in the culture of Babylon. I'm going to do something a little differently. If, if it pleases the king, I'm going to do this differently. I'm going to diet and I'm going to eat different, differently so that my life can be excellent in every way. And so he didn't eat some of the rich foods of the king or drink some of the rich wines. And the that, reason the, we the now call drink. it a Daniel fast, which now in today's world would be an accurate statement in yeah. this sense that in our culture, because we are so just... Uh, have access to so much. Yeah, McDonald's, and, Burger King, I mean, Taco all Bell, of it. whatever. And yeah. so much of it in our culture is sweet because that sells better. So we're addicted right. to oh, sugar. And sugar things. and everything. The yeah. Daniel fast is essentially us fasting from portions of food that are normal to us for the sake of focusing on and, de- and developing greater clarity with God. So yeah. we do call that a Daniel fast now, though in its true sense. Right. And, I, and I would say, yes, the Daniel fast can be a fast, the Daniel fast can also the Daniel diet can also be a diet, and I think I'd love to have that conversation. The difference between a fast and a diet. Mm. Um, my brother, uh, who is he, is a very disciplined person when he sets his mind to do anything, and he would se- like self-proclaim this. He does intermittent fasting all the time, and it has nothing to do with spirituality for him. It has everything to do with health. Yeah. And so, is there a difference between that? And what would you say? The difference between that, because if you go back to Paul's brilliant definition of what fasting is, yep. it is a renunciation of something good in order to what did you say exactly? Fuel intensify. Intensify. Yeah. Say it. Say it again. Our longing for God. Yeah. Right. Our expression of need. For there you God. go. So yeah. to to intensify our expression of need for God. That's so good. Um, and so, what is the difference between? Doing the whole thirty, yeah. or doing a Daniel fast because of health, yeah. and doing something like removing, you know, renunciating, you know, something from our life so that we can have yeah. intensity. With God. So Christian fasting, fasting, if we're using those words interchangeably, is is hunger for God. Bottom line, if we are not fasting with Christ being the center, it's dieting, it's starving. You can, it's a health benefit, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if um, you want to use it as a health be- benefit to intermittent fasting, um, you just can't call it spiritual fasting. So real quick, though, yeah. Meg's church is Mark, Battleson, Mark Batterson. Uh, he yeah. wrote The Circle Maker. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. A, a, he, yeah. he wrote a book on prayer that's awesome. Church, I didn't know you were part of that church, Meg. That actually doesn't surprise me because I know you, and you're awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so um, Very cool. I was at McLean Bible Church in D.C., and I knew yeah. a bunch of other churches. It was a national community church. It yep. was planted after you yep. left. That's but, right. Um, very cool. So um, I, I would also say this. When we are um, fasting... In, in the general sense of the word. In other words, we are uh, not eating certain things for the sake of health. So in January, every January, I do, Brooke and I do a whole foods fast of some kind. Sometimes it's the Daniel fast, sometimes, it, but it's a whole foods fast. We just get rid And we do it to reset, to recalibrate our bodies from all of the junk from, from uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. and December <laughs> yeah. and all that. Right. Um, and, and we just try to take a whole month and we reset. Yeah. The purpose of that fast is primarily health. Now, is that a spiritual exercise? Yes. yes. Insofar yes, as is. taking care of my body 
is a biblical mandate it's stewardship. and a spiritual exercise of stewardship. Right. So I don't want to say fasting for health isn't spiritual. Oh, it's very spiritual. Right. It's just not a spiritual discipline. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And so, it's, it's, so it's not just bad. Know, it's yeah, just not know what you're doing it for. Right. I don't in January think in my head, I'm practicing the discipline, the spiritual discipline of fasting. I think in my head, I'm being a good steward of my body. Right. And then when I'm actually going to go fast the way we've been talking about from social media or from food or something for the purpose of feasting on God, then that is a spiritual discipline of fasting. And those, they look the same. Mm. They have different motives or different purposes, both spiritual, both good, both different. Yeah. So when, when Meg's church did that, knowing Meg's church with Mark Batterson as the pastor, they did the Daniel fast, and I guarantee you it was a and, – and, Meg, you can correct me on the comments if, if I'm wrong, but the primary focus of that was spiritual. That's right. And uh, when you do that as a church Spiritual body, intimacy. Spiritual intimacy Versus body stewardship, spiritual body yeah. stewardship. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with either. Right. Both are great. It's just different, and it's good for us to know the difference. So, so I, I would also say cool. to, um, to those of you wondering – if you already have a rhythm of fasting in your life for the sake of health, because these days, even in our culture, with intermittent fasting, it's kind of a new thing, people yeah. are doing it, that is very good, but you still need to then find a way to, to, to practice the discipline of fasting from, a, from the, the type of spiritual discipline we're talking about in either other ways or uh, change that motive. But don't so, don't so, call that fasting fasting. Well, so this is a great question, uh, Christy. Um, and really, it's more of a statement. I'd love for both of you to weigh in on this. So uh, Christy Baginski says, my problem is that I want so much to lose weight that when I, fa- uh, that when I fast, I care too much about the weight part. Yep. So, so what would you say to Christy in that? And, and, and that's absolutely, uh, Christy, I, I would say, you know, as I, uh, uh, you know, look at myself in the mirror and I see that my love handles are growing, all those kinds of things. When I think about fasting, that's my temptation too, is like, hey, you know, it'd be nice to kind of shed a couple of pounds. Um, and so that's an absolutely valid point to bring up. And I'd love to hear Paul from your perspective and your, your experience how do you kind of delineate those two? It's not, well, I, I don't want to keep, I don't want to answer the question. Sure. I, want to, I want you to speak into it. Yeah, I mean, I think Renaud just touched on it. It's, if we are talking about the spiritual discipline of fasting versus a health benefit of fasting, um, that's an attitude of the heart. That's when it comes down to what is the heart's motive of me wanting to stay away from, in this case, food. Right. Is the reason I want to stay away from food to lose weight Okay, as long as you go to the doctor, they sign off on it, they check, make sure you're healthy enough to do that. I think that there are other healthier ways to say, I want to lose weight rather than just taking food completely off the table. Um, Rather than just saying, here, I'm taking food off of the table in order to express my need and my hunger for God. Those those, Those are two for me, two separate issues, and they have to do with and, the motive. And of I think heart. she, I think yeah. she recognizes yeah. they're two and separate I would, issues. Yeah. I would say I think this. her the rub yeah. for her is how do I get I'm, the weight I'm trying out to do of my this mind? One, and I care about this one. And, and here's what I would say: there's nothing wrong with realizing that any time we practice the things of God, they there's have a benefit. multiple benefits. That's right. right. I mean, God's principles produce freedom. So if I so, handle my finances well, I will over time build wealth because. 
doing God's right. things. If God's I don't way, go into debt and I handle my money well gonna, and I happen. do what God says, I will have more money available. I can be more generous, but I will also have the benefit of other things, bigger bank accounts, et cetera, right? Right. So right. then is it in part the reason I do these things is because it is it produces greater security? And Yes, but it, but but the primary reason I'm doing it is because I love God and I want to steward my money well. In, in this way, it's the same way. I think that's really if good. I go into fast and I want to go feast on God, and I happen to also know, boy, these three days of fasting, it's going to be really good for my body. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to feel better about myself. I'm going to feel better physically, not just about myself, but actually feel better. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really good. And if I do this every month for three days, then over a year, it's going to have significant benefit. That is a secondary benefit to fasting, just like it revealing the things that control us is a secondary benefit to fasting. Do I want it to reveal the things that control me so I can submit them to God and I can find healing and become more like Jesus? Yes. Is that why I'm fasting? No, I'm fasting to feast on God, to focus on something greater. I'm also getting all these other benefits. Yeah. And once you, can, once you can help your mind go, it's okay to be happy about the benefits. Now it's not a competition. Oh gosh, I was so happy about losing weight. I don't think I was feasting on God. Did you focus on God? Did you enjoy time praying? Did you engage with more focus? When you felt hungry, were you reminded of his provision and his uh, sustenance? Yes, 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 yes. Great. You were spiritually fasting. Yeah, and I think, I think man, this, this is good. And Chrissy, I think this is, this is a very normal thing that you're thinking yeah. through. Yeah, 100%. And I think that the key is not to say, when I think about the weight loss piece, it's wrong, it's bad, and it's evil. Mm-hmm. It's to say, let me make sure that I'm, I'm focusing my thoughts primarily on the spiritual benefits and allowing that to replace the thoughts of the physical benefits and to know that those thoughts are just, they're okay. I mean, um, we do so. this constantly in our spirituality. I was having a conversation with someone this morning that was saying, you know, it's difficult sometimes to know whether the Spirit of God told them something, whether it was just them or the environment. And I, and I told them the same thing. You're making it a competition. Like, I need to know exactly that it was the Spirit of God telling me, otherwise I'm not sure. Or I, I need to know 100% that my worship was completely focused. Or, and we do this all the time. I, I, when I'm praying, I get distracted easily. And these distractions, and I'm like, no, we all get distracted easily. If the distractions become a competition, you're going to feel defeated all the time. But if you just go, yep, I get distracted, but that's okay. That's not the point. In the same way, yep, I'm losing weight and I'm happy about that. I know that and I feel good about that, but that's not the primary reason. Then it's okay. It's not a competition. That's great. So um, there is a, uh, a great question here as well. We're getting a lot of questions. This is so fun. So thank you guys for chiming in on this conversation. It makes it so much more fun for us. Right. Um, but, uh, we, and we have a lot of people with us. And we just want to say uh, hello to all of you who have joined us today. Thank you so much. Uh, but Retha has a great question. She said, how would you advise an individual who wants to fast by giving up food but also has health conditions such as diabetes? Because mm. clearly... Uh, it is possible to um, hurt yourself yes. if you if you fast with diabetes, and so you know what what how would you advise now? Before we answer this, we would like to say first off, none of the three of us are medical professionals, um, and so Which just that's a disclaimer there is is but, the very beginning of the advising, right? right. 
if there are things going on with your body that are medically um, related, and you know that, so diabetes would be an example, or uh, your blood sugar tends to do certain things, or you have thyroid issues, or wh whatever it might be, and we all at different stages in our life go through that, or for that matter, you've never fasted before, and you're gonna do a 21-day water-only fast in January, any of those kinds of things, this is where a good starting point would be. Go and see your primary care physician and say, I would like to practice uh, the discipline of fasting that is uh, skipping out on foods. I'd like to get better at it progressively. Where would you suggest I start? And they might say, well, start uh, with a short one-day fast, just skipping this portion of the type of food you eat. And then you start there. And for all of us, I think, in fasting, this has to be something kind of like when you go to the gym. You know, uh, we, we don't, we haven't exercised in two years. We don't show up at a CrossFit gym and say, I'd like to compete in the competition tomorrow. Right. Because we'll die. What we do is we go get a, you know, we go to a little circuit and we start with the low weights and we're like, and then the next day we can't shower because we can't lift our hands over our head and we hardly pushed any weight. Anything in life has to be progressive, and you have to get advice from people that know what they're doing. So my first answer would be talk to your physician, right. tell them what you want to do, get some good advice. If your physician says, you should never fast, right. that'll, that is very bad, then go, fair enough, can you unpack that for me? And then if, if they're adamant just because they think fasting is stupid, then go get a second opinion from another physician. Right. But at, I can't think of any... Um, physician that in the normal scenarios of life of things like this wouldn't say you can it just has to look like this and it can never look like this and then follow that because again yeah. the point is the attitude not what you're fasting from right and I think that because we've defined you know fasting doesn't only have to be a holistic abstinence from food it, it can be an absent uh, abstinence from some food um, or some types of food um, and as a diabetic, you know, a lot of what you're doing is controlling what types of foods you eat and also using insulin to help supplement. And as a diabetic, you know, you can absolutely fast in very healthy ways, ensuring that, that you're not going to harm your body by following the advice of medical professionals, but still by saying, hey, my purpose for, I'm not just living with diabetes and I'm not just eating to, to make sure that my diabetes is under control. Um, or using insulin for that reason only, but to say, hey, I'm going to engage in the spiritual discipline of fasting from this thing as a diabetic, making sure that I'm staying healthy in the process, and you can, you can definitely do that. Because here's so. the reality with fasting, right? If you're fasting from food specifically, and it is actually really damaging to you in, insofar as, for example, if you fast from food by the middle of the day, your mind will get cloudy, you will lose focus, you will feel nauseous and terrible and like you're dying. Then the whole point of fasting is pointless anyway right. because you're in this place where you can't function. So I would say now, when you first start fasting, assume that the first few times you're going to feel yeah. it, man. Yeah. And that's okay. But if it's because of medical reasons or because of certain other things, find other ways and get advice from the right people. Absolutely. Uh, but in, the, in general terms, for most of us that are just saying, I'd like to start fasting, regardless of your medical uh, realities or whatever, let's assume you've gone and got some advice from a physician if you have medical issues, or you are just saying, I'd like to start. Paul, I would love for you to unpack for us, just because you've really traveled this road far more than I have. Um, 
Where did you start? Because you didn't start with 21 days. Sure. Where did you start? How did you build on that? And then as you built on that, what, what, uh, what was your progression? And now that this is a regular rhythm, how did you land in this rhythm? What is your rhythm and how do you do it now? So kind of just take us through your, like, your fasting story, if you will. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, um, so I started very small. So I started fasting from a meal um, once a week for several weeks. And then after a few weeks of that, I did two meals. And then to where I worked up to one full day of fasting. And you were doing that sort of once a week. Exactly. So first for a few weeks, one meal a week. Correct. Ne- next few weeks, two meals on the same day a week. Correct. Next few weeks, then a day, was, yeah. a once a week, I'm not eating, I'm just drinking water. Correct. Yep. So that was my progression for, for quite some time. And then um, I did a first, my first like, two-day fast. Um, about six months into that, and then I did a three-day fast. And then now my normal rhythm is I start the year um, with a 21-day fast. So my first 21-day fast was um, seven days of what we would call a total fast, so no food, drinking water. And then the next 14 days after that to begin the year was a modified version of the Daniel fast. And then this year that just passed was a total 21-day fast. And then my normal rhythm now is... Um, starting the year off with that, and then the first Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of every single month is my fast. So. And that's a water fast, nothing else. Water fast. Because again, Paul built himself up to this. And I, I'm going to say one other thing just about fasting when you get to this level. Um, there is a very, very uh, specific and important way to break a fast. Absolutely. If you've gone long. So when you fast for one day, There's no important way to break a fast. But after three days of fasting, so three days is generally the the marker, your body actually changes. So it stops producing the bacteria that needs to digest food in a particular way. And that's a natural part of what your body does because it's not taking food in. If you just suddenly start eating... If you go to Cracker Barrel to, for <laughs> breakfast... Lord. Yeah. Because, because, be because then it really isn't good. And it's, right. and it's really also not healthy it's at dangerous. all. It's, very, it's dangerous. It, it is dangerous. So if you, if you get into fasting where you're going beyond a day... So for most of us, it'll become a rhythm of fasting a meal, fasting yeah. a day. Uh, but as the discipline develops in you and you're like, man, I really want to do this. And you get into where Paul's at two days or three days of fasting. Go Google... Uh, breaking a three-day fast or breaking a seven-day fast. They'll walk you through how to do that properly because there's ways to begin to eat on the first day that stimulates your body kicking back in and digesting properly. I'd love to hear, like, what does that look like? Because it's interesting, like, this is just funny. Like, the first meal of our day, it's called breakfast. Right. It's the word breakfast. It's just we call it breakfast. So we don't think about it. We just think about McDonald's. Yeah. Breakfast. But, like, what, what does it look like usually for you in your monthly rhythm to break a fast on Thursday? Yeah, what that, so what does that um, like? breaking a three-day fast for me is a little bit different than breaking a seven-day, 10-day, 21-day. So, so maybe talk us through, like, yeah, talk us through the differences, yeah. Yeah, so um, with a three-day fast, it's not like I'm back on juice for a week. It's starting to slowly incorporate um, liquids, like, you know, juice and soft solids like a yogurt or something like that. Something yep. like, um, you know, I want to get those nutrients back in my body. And then slowly, like, working up to fruit and then maybe some breads and then kind of moving on. Right. Your body will tell you what it wants and what it doesn't want. It'll, it'll react to say, 
should not have ate that. Right. So it's it's fantastic how the body functions in that in that respect. A seven day to anything longer, um, up to a twenty one day, you're basically. It's almost like you're fasting for like another week almost, where you're because slow. you're coming back. Slow. Exactly, you're incorporating juices. Maybe by day three or day four, you're starting to incorporate fruit again. So it's a much. So if slower you do a transition. seven day for the next three days, you're just on liquid still. Pretty much, and pretty then much. you're and then you're starting soft. You might incorporate solids and some fruits yeah. and some uh, softer. So it's yeah. kind of the same process. Just you, the longer your fast, the longer you need to exactly uh, let that 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 um, transition take. Yeah. Right. So that's very interesting. Yeah, that's really cool. I've never done the yeah. longest I've ever done is. It's kind of like working out, like what he was talking about earlier. Like if you're in a normal rhythm of working out every single day, then your body's not as sore. Right. You go a month without working out, then it, it's a hard transition. You back, try to right? you try to do four days of CrossFit. Right. After that, you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So yeah. So just just keep that in mind. Fasting is beautiful, but it, from food, it, it does have physical implications. Right. So whether you have medical issues that you need to see a physician for, or whether you're fasting for longer and you need to come off the fasts properly, Google that. Right. Get get the get the proper stuff. So let me ask you this. This is my next my next question. And and guys, feel free to chime in on this as well. I will hear a lot of times in di- different circles of Christianity, and when I hear this, I get very uh, suspicious. But I will hear things like, I'm fasting for a breakthrough in XYZ, or I'm fasting so that someone will get saved, or I will f- I'm fasting about a business decision, or you know, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, what, right. what, what are some, like I'm fasting for yeah. uh, that you know, you've defined this as a spiritual discipline for spiritual intimacy. Right. But often people kind of go that next step, and they and they're 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 expecting something to happen yep. when we fast. So, this I'd is, love to this know is what a, your thoughts are. This is are. a great question, and it, uh, it it's another one of those questions that the answer isn't simply yes no. Here's the reality: biblically, there are multiple occasions where people fast because they they really desire. God to move in a particular way. I mean, you see it with the nation so they, of Israel. They're getting ready to fight a battle. Right. So they'll fast. So they'll fast okay. and pray. Right. So here's what yep. we've done with that. And humans, for all of... The fasting became the formula. The formula. Oh! So if I fast, that's somehow my little, like, part in the... I'm, I'm, look, God, I'm fasting, so you owe me this battle. Look, God, I'm fasting, so you owe me... Because I'm demonstrating... This is essentially the mindset. I'm demonstrating my faithfulness. So go ahead, demonstrate yours. Which that is a and pa- that's, that's paganism. A pagan <laughs> philosophy. Okay. If we please the gods, then the gods they'll, are they'll please us. They're in our back pocket. If we take them off, they will stop the rain and our crops will die. Right. Right. So that, that we have to be very careful because fasting in of itself yep. does not solicit anything from God because we are oh. Here's what fasting does do, exactly what Paul said. When we fast, we fix ourselves on the one who is our provision, the one who saves us, the one who provides a path, the one who battles for us, the one who overcomes, the one who... So fasting wasn't the point. God was the point. And if I do want something to occur, and I realize the only way this is going to occur 
is if I place all of my hope and faith in God, and I'm going to use the discipline of fasting to essentially force, to force myself to yeah. focus on God. Like you said, right. stop feasting on this and, st- and start uh, engaging and feasting on a greater thing than that. And my, my, my realization is, as I fix myself on God and I ask him and trust him to do this, the likelihood of me walking into that well is 100% better, right? So, um, so fasting cannot be a means to an end that is not God. Right. Yeah. But yeah. fasting yeah, can great. be a means to God who is a means to all things right. because God is our God. Right. So it's a subtle difference. But man, huge if I want something, man, I, I want God to move in our church in a unique way. Oh, I'll go fast to be focused on God, to see him move, not as a formula, but because I want to remind myself I trust God. Yeah, not that fasting is some sort of magical formula to make God do what we want him to do. So it's okay to say, I am fasting because I desire God to move in this way. That's a fair statement. As long as what you mean is I'm fasting to fix my eyes on and set my mind on God and to trust him because he is the only one I know can ever move in these ways. And whatever he decides to do in this circumstance, I trust him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to continue to answer the question as far as what will happen when we fast, it's... um, it's driving us to the Lord's Prayer. If our, if our focus is on God, and that's our primary focus, it's saying in that fast, if I'm wanting to fast for my business to do better or I need a financial breakthrough, well, Jesus tells us how to fast in Matthew 6. Do it this way, don't do it this way. The very next verse, he says, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth. So when we are driven to prayer, what we will be sensitive to is the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if, and the will of God. Absolutely. Right. So, right. And if in that prayer it's, I want my business to do well, but it's not my will, God, your will be done. So as long as we are going in it with that attitude, just like you said. Isn't it funny, just uh, you know, to add to what Paul's saying, when we are fasting, if, if we take what Richard Foster unpacked and saying it's revealing the areas that, we, uh, that, that control us, and what often controls us in our society is our hope for provision or for, so my business, my finances, my whatever it is, there, my we want, health. We want things to go well. We want things to go well, yeah. right? So we come in with fasting and we're hoping if we come to God, then he will make, make things go, go well. well. Right? Yeah. But what fasting, if done properly, produces is a trust in God that whether or not those things go the way we want them to go doesn't matter anymore. That he's still We sovereign. come to him and say, God... I am nervous about this thing or I desire this thing. So I'm coming to you like a child to ask you for that thing. But fasting helps me remember that it's not the thing that is going to save me. It's you. And so it's a completely different freedom. It's not a freedom because we solicit God to do what we want. It's a freedom that we trust God to do whatever he wants and we are totally safe in him. Right. Absolutely. So Sarah asks a great question. Could you say that fasting can be giving up an extra hour or two of sleep to pray, worship, or read your Bible? Can you fast from sleep so, uh, for the spiritual uh, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to say this. When you read the studies right now, <clears throat> we are a nation that is sleep-deprived. So we've already given up a bunch of sleep we should be having. So here's what I would argue. If you are sleeping the appropriate eight-ish hours a day, seven days a week, 
and you want to give up some of those hours to pray, I think that's a wonderful idea. And I, I would say, I would say that you could call that fasting if sleep was something that, like, for you personally was like, oh it's my jam. gosh, it's my jam. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Me, I'm like, sleep is a consequence of something I do to keep right. myself healthy. But, but so you could. I would say this, though, like with anything, if you're already deeply deprived of something. So, for example, if we were theoretically a nation that was in a, in a famine and we were all starving to death and we said, hey, we should fast from food, I might go already, essentially already, are malnutritioned. Yeah, right. So this is not a good idea. And, and I, so I would just – whenever that comes up, I'm like, we already give up sleep for 6,000 other reasons we shouldn't give it up for. Right movies and late nights and work uh, don't add less sleep to already sleep deprived to pray pray when 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 you're awake then not to say it can't be but you get you get what i'm saying it's great so um so we have another really great question so what do you do paul those 21 days um aside from fasting and prayer in regards to the day-to-day routine with family work school and etc so other than saying okay i'm not eating food and i'm and I'm, um, I'm praying more often. Um, how does it change your life routine to be on a 21-day fast? And how do you juggle kind of the reality that maybe your son's not fasting or yeah. your wife's not fasting? Or whatever? Yeah, so that's funny because my wife will have absolutely no problem eating ice cream in front of me when I'm on a fast. So it's funny. <laughs> now, do you have a problem when she does that? I don't. I'll give her a hard time about it, but I, I really don't. Um, but yeah, my day-to-day, um, it's something that when I'm driven to prayer, um, it, it's intensified, right? So it's more of me coming to God saying, God, right now in these next 30 minutes, I'm going to be put in this position. Please make sure like this happens, whether I, I don't want to look tired, I don't want to look fatigued. So it's continuing a, a, a conversation with God more on a daily basis for me. Uh, my everyday routine doesn't change. I still get up in the morning. I still go to the gym. I still go to work. I still come home. I still play with my kids. I try to give my wife as much time as I can possibly give. And then, um, you know, I, I do it all over again. But it's not in, it, at some point, it's a transition from I'm physically able to do this to where, God, I've got 19 more days of this. Like, I, I can't do it. So it. I keep using this word intensify, but I'm, I'm in a more deeper conversation with God on a daily basis. That's great. One of the things that is difficult, and I've, you know, I've navigated this in the last couple years is, you know, what do you do? What do you do when someone at work says, hey, Paul, I, I didn't see you eat today. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Why didn't you eat lunch? It's hard to have, like, I'm, I'm fasting. Like, it's kind of having that attitude of it. But what I have discovered in that is, um, you know, after unpacking Scripture is there's a difference of being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. Oh. So that is what... Repeat I, that, Paul, because that's really good. Paul in today. <laughs> I know, yeah. Quote number two. That's really good. So say that again. Yeah, so there's a difference in being seen fasting and fasting to be seen. So 
being seen fasting is, is an event. It's a, something that happens out here. Someone saw you. It has no moral significance necessarily. And if anything, the opportunity to share with them the gospel Absolutely. as it relates to yeah. So being seen fasting means someone notices that you're not eating at a normal time when people are eating and they, Ask they, you. they, they yeah. notice it, they take note of it, they mention it. Exactly. And then now you're in a moment where someone knows you're fasting. <coughs> How do you handle that, right? Yeah, so, so absolutely. And just like you said, it's, it's a fantastic way to introduce the gospel. Like, I'm, I'm fasting because I'm, I'm wanting God to work in me in a particular way, and this is how I do it. Really cool. To be seen fasting is completely different. That is a moral issue. That is a heart issue. That is a significant issue. And that's what Jesus is talking about when he's saying, Absolutely. don't fast to be seen fasting. Exactly. That's exactly. you're missing the point. Absolutely. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew 6 is if you're doing your fasting to be seen, you, you've got your reward. Right. You've got the applause of, of men and you did it. You posted awesome. it on Facebook, your empty plate. Yeah. When, you know? the, when the only... <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah. And then, doing you know, right he, he continues oh, no, to say, <laughs> yeah, he continues to say, like, your fasting to be seen should only be seen by God. He should yeah. be the only one that's, that sees you fasting. So... After navigating that, I mean, that would probably be the hardest thing I've had in my day-to-day to to navigate, but after unpacking, you know, scriptures in Matthew 6, Matthew 9, and, um, you know, Acts 13 and Acts 14, if you just read those, that's kind of built my framework on how my day-to-day functions. That's really helpful, and really, in every spiritual discipline, this applies. So, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, when you're giving, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Um, but then there's also a place where he praises the widow for giving all she has. Right. So how do those two? Well, there's a difference. And Paul writes about the Macedonians and how, like literally how they gave and what they did to inspire right. uh, the, the other churches. Yeah. Exactly. So there's a difference between saying, hey, um, I am um, being seen being generous. Yeah. I'm, or giving I'm giving to be seen versus, versus I'm, I'm being seen giving. And there's a totally, yeah. or uh, I am praying in public. People right. are hearing that prayer. Hey, you know, Renault, would you pray as we jump into a meeting? Or, um, you know, uh, you're praying at your family mealtime or whatever it may be. You're being seen praying, but it's very different than praying to yeah. be seen, right. um, which Jesus talks about. When you pray, don't get out on the street corner and say, oh, God, I thank you that I'm not like the pagans, right? right? Like, yeah. that's praying to be seen. Right. Um, and so I think that's a really great way to frame that, not just for fasting, right. but for all of the spiritual disciplines. Absolutely. Um, I, I had a friend in high school, he used to walk around with his Bible all the time. Yep. And um, for him, it was more about people seeing him with his Bible than it was yep. him wanting Caring to be the reading the Bible. Totally. You know? yep. and, and that's what we want to. The one other thing I would so. just say uh, in that question of how, how does the day-to-day change? When you're fasting for one day, it doesn't change at all. Right? right. Other than everything we've already talked about. If you're fasting for three days, it probably doesn't change much. But for most of us, Paul uh, lives in somewhat of an exceptional space in that um, he has the energy to do his normal day. And then there is a beautiful space that's supernatural, like you said, that you're like, I don't have the energy, but right. God, I need you to give me the energy. But there is also a practicality for many of us that says, if you're going to fast 10 days, 7 days, 21 days, you have to be prepared to say, I'm going to have to sleep well. Like if, like you may have to make adjustments to your day or right. to your rhythms to boost your body in some other ways yeah. if you're doing these longer fasts. So slowing down, picking a season at work 
if you're an accountant, don't fast for 21 days yeah. a month before tax season is. Do you like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. find the rhythms in your year where you're like, this month tends to be a quieter month. I have more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. I can rest more if I need to. I'm going to get more sleep and then adjust accordingly. Right. It's just helpful. Do you have to do that? No, but it's helpful. Right. Um, but again, as soon Great. as you're like getting home from work and you're, you snap at the kids and you don't want anybody around and you got a headache and you're grumpy, on day 13, that's revealing things Absolutely. and then you gotta deal with them, you know what I'm saying? Speaking of headaches, uh, Leslie asks, so what about coffee? Do you stop drinking it all together so you don't get a, a caffeine headache when you fast? So so talk about coffee and fasting. That's I might fun... not be the best one to answer this question just because I don't drink coffee it, at, as, at all. At all. And, and I, so will, I'll, I'll answer, I'll answer yeah. it too, because, go ahead, Renaud. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, here's what I know about coffee and I've done this multiple times, usually January, right? Yes, caffeine comes off the table for sure, all stimulants. Sugar, caffeine, all the things that shoot you up, drop you down. Shoot you up, drop you down. And I will tell you, I mean, Brooke knows the rhythm for me, right? Uh, get off coffee on a Monday. Tuesday afternoon, man. Like, there's a point usually Tuesday afternoon, uh, Tuesday evening, that I will literally, like, have to for an hour go late. And, like, it's like, ah, uh, it doesn't matter. You can take Advil, whatever you want. Doesn't, uh, that thing just is a beast. Wednesday, light headache. Thursday, gone. Yeah. And, and so here's, here's the, the bottom line is... If you're doing any kind of fast where you're getting off stimulants or you're doing a full fast right. and you're doing it for more than one day, you're going to get a caffeine headache for sure and it's going to hurt, but it get, it's over in two days. Well, right? and there's another, there's a kind of another thing, another dynamic, like much like you plan your life around your fast, yeah. right? You also should plan your diet around your fast. Yeah. So meaning just like coming off a of fast, it's important to think about our food intake coming into a fast so what i i used to be a part of kind of like a bible college where we would have a monthly fasting day yeah and i swear it was so the kitchen could just save money but uh, (laughs) we would have a monthly fasting day and what was always funny is you could go to the uh, we had a carl's jr right down the road from our campus and it's like a hardy's and you would see right before midnight from 11 15 to 11 30 45 young you know Followers of Jesus would roll up into Carl's Jr. and order the biggest, nastiest meal they could order right before midnight so that their fast would be the shortest it could possibly sure. be yeah. um, that next day. And honestly, uh, and, and I was at Carl's Jr. a few times as well, right. that was the worst mistake that you could make. Absolutely. If you fill yourself up with a ton of grease and all that gross stuff before you fast, you're setting yourself up to be hungrier when you wake yep, up. Absolutely. It's weird how the body works. Yep. Um, and, and I would say coffee's kind of the same way. Yep. I love coffee. I drink uh, as much coffee as I should and probably more than I should, right? Yeah. Um, so if I'm going to gear up for a fast, that means I'm actually tapering coffee off yep. leading up to the fast absolutely. so that when I step into that fast and I take coffee off the table completely, <laughs> I haven't had five cups the day before, three cups the day before that and two And this that. is a very good point. Uh, again, it all depends on the length of your fast, right? So when I'm doing the fast for January, the whole month of January, then January 1st, I stop coffee. By January 3rd, my headaches are done and the whole month I'm clear. Yeah. If I'm doing a two-day fast, I don't want my two days to be headache infested. So then I'm going to do exactly that. I'm going to get off coffee three days before. ahead of the fast right. to get that part over with and then really have the two days focused on Jesus, otherwise they're focused on headache, right? Yeah. And so to your point, Joel, if it's a shorter fast, a one day, you're not gonna feel anything. A two or three day, it's gonna hit you day two and three, so prep. A 30 day of any kind of fast, 
Get into it day one, taper off, right. and by day four or five, you're, you're good. It's great. So it's about time for us to wrap up. Um, man, I'm really grateful, Paul, for your insight and just you, you bringing your experience of um, what what your journey has been to the table. Some great wisdom, some yeah. great quotes. So thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so much for having um, me. It's been really, really good. And um, for everybody who's joined us today, thank you. Thank you for jumping in. Renaud, thank you for your wisdom sure. as always. And I would just say, remember this, fasting is feasting. Yeah. Like I keep that statement in my head so that when I go into fasting, my attitude is I'm going to go feast on God right. while I fast from something that's intrinsically right. good, but not as good as God. It's great. Right. Fasting it's great. is feasting. So um, before we wrap up for our day today, just want to let you know that uh, we're, we're, we're going to have a few more weeks of this, which will be great. And then we're going to wrap up uh, and take a little bit of a break for the summer. Um, and as we take that summer break, we want to kind of plan some new uh, episode uh, concepts, some new series, and uh, and so we'd love to hear from you. For those of you who join us on a regular basis, or maybe this is your first time joining us, what are some things that you would love for us to have conversations about? And uh, and so for the next few weeks, we're just going to be uh, asking for you to give some input on that, so we can be planning during the summer, so that when we roll back in this fall, we have some great topics to to tackle together. So, uh, not that we'll be able to use them all, but if you could send some suggestions, that would be great. Uh, the way to do that is uh, send us an email, uh, and we'll pl- we'll pin this in the comment section. Um, but if you can just send us an email to lunch hour at thisismosaic.org. Um, and just shoot us an email. Hey, I would love for you to talk about cults, or I would love for you to talk about parenting, parenting, or I would love for you to talk about, you know, uh, why we choose different paints on the wall for our building. I mean, just kidding, but, uh, lunch hour at this is mosaic.org. Just, uh, whatever is on your mind that you'd love us to weigh in on, um, we would love to be able to do that uh, so that everything that we do uh, will be of benefit. That's really the purpose of this Absolutely. is that for Mosaic Church, that these conversations would be of benefit. I can say that this conversation has been a benefit to me. Fasting is the discipline of the faith I am most weak in. Right. Uh, and so it is a, a great um, reminder for me. It's a, it's a, a discipline for me, and, and it would be really beneficial. I love the definition that you gave. Um, that fasting, it is, uh, what, what's the word that you use? The re... A temporary renunciation. Yes, yeah. it's a temporary renunciation of something good in order to intensify our... Expression of need. Expression of need for God. Man, yeah. so good, so good, so good. Uh, thank you guys for being with us today. This has been Lunch Hour with Renault. Renault, thank you. Great Paul, to have thank you guys you. with us. And Paul, we will you. see you guys Absolutely. next week. Absolutely.